Today's part three. And if you want to go back and, and watch part one and part two, you can go to our website and watch it. I want to shout out a big hello to our people uh, watching online. It's great to see you. I know there are some people that are homesick, uh, but they sign on online. They watch this. Uh, there's people at work that listen to the podcast. Uh, welcome, all of you. But if you want to go to our website, you can sign up for the podcast, uh, have it on your mobile device, uh, you know, be in your library. You can listen to it. You can share it. You can actually forward it in a, in a, in a tweet, uh, put it on your Facebook page. You can email it to people. Uh, it's, it's such a great opportunity because if you know somebody who needs a little help with this, okay, this could really make all the difference in, in their life. So on our website. Also, we've got discussion questions on our website, the newsletters on our website, the beautiful colored uh, digital version of that. Uh, I don't like the black and white, but hey, it's what we got, right? Uh, also, some, some quiet times are on the website uh, to help you go deeper uh, with what we're talking about. So everything's on our website. Sign on, check it out. It's, it's a great resource. Uh, here's the deal with this, this whole series. All of us, every single one of us is in search of a treasure. The problem is, is we're looking in all the wrong places to find it. It's not a thing it's a relationship, and God wants to help us connect with the right treasure. And, and Jesus didn't come to, to start a religion. That's not what this is about. Uh, our mission as a church is to lead people into a growing, not religion, growing relationship with God. And so that's what we are all about. That's what we want to help you with if you're a guest. And, and I want to tell our, our members also, that's what this is all about. From Monday to Saturday, this is about a relationship with God. And so we can, we can stay connected because he's going to give us perspective. I don't know where I would be without this, this focus in, in my life. And, and in this series specifically, what we're dealing with is the unhealthy attachment that you and I have, can have with things, with possessions and money. And our society is screaming out with this need today. Uh, and so that's why we're doing it, and it's, it's helping all of us. And, and I hope for our, our teens, don't want to leave you guys out. This could save you from a lot of heartache and a lot of trouble. I know you're not really thinking about that. You're thinking about what's going to happen this week and summer's coming up and all that. Hey, just try to stow this away because it's going to make a huge difference. Who knows? You may get a check in the mail. What are you going to do with it that's really going to fill you up? So one of our treasure principles that we looked at, this is the overarching treasure principle that we've talked about all, all of the, all the weeks, and it's this. You can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. You can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. Uh, eventually, all of us are going to leave what we have or lose what we have, money included. Everything you have, you're either going to leave it or lose it, no exceptions. So what kind of relationship should we have with things that we're going to lose or leave? Should it be like this, you know, this, this, this relationship where we can't let go? No, that's not going to be healthy. And so that's what we're talking about through this whole series. And so you guys have been waiting for this. I do this every week, me and my treasure. Do you want to know what we did this week? And this is especially for the teens. I don't know if you guys know this, but, but I'm still in school, okay? Uh, 49 years old, I'm still in school. So this is me and my treasure in school, okay? And, and we're in class and, you know, 
teacher allowed me to have my treasure there with me. And I want you to take a look at the guy to the far right. That's Ron Roden. He's in class with me. And his attention span's not very good. He fell asleep, and the teacher got upset about that. Then after class, you know, we went out into the playground, me and my treasure, and the kids started to put their hands on my treasure, so I had to straighten them out. Okay? Told them nobody touches my, my treasure. Uh, and then here's me and my treasure on the swing, okay, having an awesome time, incredible time. And uh, it, it, this is, it's, just, it's been incredible. And you, you laugh, right? But this isn't funny in one sense when you look at people and you go, man, there's that guy with his car. And this is funny, but when you see people doing this with their stuff, you go, wait a minute, that's a grown man. And he's hanging on to something like it's a person, going to school with it, going to the, you know, wherever to work with it, whatever. But there's an unhealthy attachment. And so uh, can't wait till you see what we're going to do this week. It's coming up. So you have to come next week to find out. But here's the whole principle we've been talking about. And this is what Jesus told us and teaches us. Okay. And Jesus, for, you, for those of you that are guests here today, Jesus can give us perspective on our stuff and in our life. And here's what he said. He says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So I got a question for you. Here's my treasure. Where's yours? Really? Okay, where is your treasure? And I hope, you know, for, for the members that you guys are, are, are just kind of wrestling with that during the week. So what are my treasures? What are the things that I'm really holding on to that if, you know, if things were to change, what would happen? Uh, and there's been some scary stuff happening in, in these past couple of weeks with people's stuff. Uh, you know, even in our neighborhood, there was a break-in uh, in our neighborhood. And people came in and they, they, they took all the jewelry. Thousands of dollars worth of jewelry, gone. That's sad, isn't it? And some of it was, you know, they, they, were, they, were, they were jewelry from from previous generations. It was sad. But if you're going to lose it, think about it. Wouldn't it be better if you could do something good with that and send it on ahead so that no one could touch it, steal it, it wouldn't corrode, it wouldn't rust? And, and that's what we're talking about. Jesus is saying that. So it's all about putting your treasure in the right, in the right place, right? Here's how you can know where your treasure is. And this is kind of an exercise for, for, for those of us that are members. I want you to go through your checkbook, look at your Visa card statement or your MasterCard statement or your Discover, whatever your card is. Go through the statement and just kind of go down the line. Dun, 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 dun. What, what, what are you spending your money on? You know what Jesus would tell you with your statements, with your checkbook? There's your heart. There's your heart. There, there, there it is. You can just see it down the list. Unless, of course, there's something else in there where you go, no, no, there's, there's balance here. There's balance. There's a clear statement in there that I'm sending some of this on ahead. And we're going to talk about specifically what that is. So do an evaluation. Check it out. See, see where your, your heart is at. Look at your statements. Look at your, your balance. When you're, you know, do your taxes each year, ask yourself the question, so how's this working out? 
You know, and we can be very intentional about this. So treasure principle key number two, uh, I believe, you know, uh, we didn't see this last week, but this is brand new this week. So if you want to write this down, this is, this is good because this is something for you to think about. My heart always goes where I put my money. Guaranteed. My heart always goes where I put my money. Okay, let me give you an example. What if you bought some stock? Okay, what are some good stocks? I need some audience participation. What are some good stocks out there to buy? Google, if you can afford it. Right? Just one share of Google. Oh. Okay, Apple, decent. Okay, if you can afford that. What's some other ones? What's a cheaper stock that you could get that's got a lot of future? I'm sorry? Alcoa. Old school. All right? Uh, Any others? I'm sorry? Coca-Cola. That's been a steady one. All right, so let's say you buy a stock. Hey, I got one for you. Panera Bread. You laugh. But you know what they're saying out there? They're saying this is the next one. Let's say you bought some Panera shares, right? What would you do after you bought those shares of stock? All week long, what would you do? You go to the money page, you click on that money page, and you say, how are we doing? Like a horse. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Let's go. You'd watch. You'd watch that stock. If it were Google, you would, you would read articles to find out how it's doing. What's the future look like? How was the board meeting? Did they get along? Are they working it? And here's the deal. Money leads your heart. Wherever you put it, guess what's going to go right behind it? It's automatic. It's automatic. You can say, no, 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 I don't want my heart to go. It'll go. Trust me. Here's another, maybe a positive one. Let's say you invest some money in an orphanage down in Rosarito, Mexico. Good thing, right? Good thing. There's a hurricane later this summer. Bam, right into Rosarito. What would you do when you find out you're investing money in those children and you know a hurricane's coming to Rosarito, Mexico? What would you do? You're going to check the news and you're going to want to know what's happening with those kids. And you may even go down there and say, I want to make a trip. When that hurricane passes through, I want to go down there and I want to make sure these kids are okay. Why? Because your heart follows your investment. Always happens. Wherever you put your money, your heart's going to go right behind it. And that's what Jesus is telling us. So you have to think about where you're going to put your money. Is it going to lead you in the right direction or is it going to lead you in the wrong direction? And that's what we're going to talk about today. You know, as sure as a compass always, that needle always goes to the north. Money leads your heart. Money leads, your heart follows. It's automatic. And so what should you do? You should be very careful and intentional about where you're going to put your heart and in what kinds of things. Is it temporary or is it going to last me? Jesus tells us exactly, he tells us exactly where to put, how to, how to lead our money. Look what Jesus teaches us. He says, put your money where your heart needs to be. Do you know where your heart needs to be? Does your heart need to be here in things? Do you want your heart in a cold, sterile place? You know where I want my heart? With people. I want my heart with people because people love back. There's a connection. Take take God out of the picture, okay? Maybe you don't believe in God and you're saying, I don't know, I'm not sure about God in the Bible. Okay, let's just talk about what what would really help your heart? Investing in people. People who need help. 
needy people. Okay, but for those of you who believe in God, if you want to be with him, right, and you want your heart to be with him, what should you do? Give your money to God and your heart will follow. And that's what Jesus is saying. Move some things around, maybe sell some stuff that you don't need, that's just lying around, and it's just, it's just a matter of time before it goes to the city dump, okay? I don't know if you've ever taken a visit. Maybe that would be a good thing for us to go and take a visit to the, to the landfill. Have you ever stood there at the landfill and watched all the old treasures, all the old stuff that used to be new stuff just emptied out, truckload after truckload after truckload, all that cool stuff. Ten years ago, it was, it, was, it was awesome. You know what it is now? Landfill. And think about that. Is that where you want your heart to end up? In a landfill? Really? No, that's not what we want. We want our heart to be in a place that's untouchable, that's, that's, that's preserved, that's worthwhile, that's lasting. And so take some of the temporary things. That's what Jesus is teaching us. Take some of the temporary things and move them towards what? Eternity. And and we can be very clear on this. Wherever we put our money, our heart will follow. It's it's like really clear. You can even test it this week. And I got to share this. I believe in the local church. Me, me, my family. You heard Will Greer get up here. I mean, crazy stories. Last week it was Richard Pryor. Crazy stories. Lydia, crazy stories. And you go, these people must be out of their mind to be doing this stuff. Or are they? Or are they? They're putting their money where their heart's going to follow. And it's going to go with God and with things that are worthwhile. Let me tell you what happens in the church. Lives get changed in here. Any lives been changed here in the church? Mine has, and it still is. 28 years later, it's still changing. It's still, there's a lot to change. Tell, trust me, I got a long way to go, a lot to learn. But wouldn't you want to invest in life change? Wouldn't you want to invest in a place where people can have hope? They're hurting, their lives are coming undone, and there's a place where they can put it back together again and restart, hit the reset button on life on marriage, on family. We've seen marriages healed in this church. I mean, I mean marriages that were on the brink, right? I'm seeing some, some wives nod their heads. Yep, yep, ours was, ours was, yep, yep. And then they get brought from the brink and they get taken up to a mountaintop and go, man, we got, we got an awesome marriage now. Thank Jesus, thank, thank what God has done through the local church. We've had people drop addictions. Drugs, addiction, uh, uh, alcohol, uh, cigarettes, you name it. It's, it's been changed here by the grace and power of God. That's what happens in this church. Uh, we've, seen, we've seen the lost get saved. Young people who are lost. Where am I going? What am I here for? What am I doing? What's this all about? And then God grabs a hold of them and, and some, some, some disciples get a hold of them and set them on the right direction. They go, I've been found. Now I know what I'm here for. This is what me, this is what I want to spend the rest of my life doing. I want to invest my heart, my life in the local church. And it's not just here in West Covina. It's all over the planet. It's everywhere. Where do you want your heart? And I got to share this. 
And I'm not doing it to boast. Trust me. Because I can stand up here and say, I believe in the local church. You know how much I believe in the local church? I give 10%, more than 10% of my gross salary to the church. And on top of that, I give between 15 and 20 times every year of my weekly contribution to missions contribution. And I'm not saying that to boast. I just want you to know clearly, okay, that I believe in the local church. How can you tell if I believe in the local church? Well, let's see the statement. Let's see how much you really believe. Okay, and I, and I would encourage you to, 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 to do that. But it's not, it's not at all to boast. I just want you to know, I'm up here saying, backing up what I say. This past week, we got some news on the Internal Revenue Service, right? IRS, going after people, you know, auditing them, checking them out. I, I got to share with you this story because this is, this is incredible. Two of our staff couples in the Los Angeles church have been audited by the IRS. You know why they've been audited by the IRS? One of them's in this room. You know why they were audited by the IRS? Because they looked at their charitable contributions and they said, there's no way. There's no way this can be true. This is too high an amount. So sends up a flag. These guys are cheating. These guys are cheating. They're giving so much money. They're saying they're giving so much money. And this particular couple, they got audited twice Back to back, one year, they had to provide all their documentation that, yes, it is true, that they're giving charitable contributions to the church, to Hope Worldwide. Because when the IRS looks at these statements, they go, this is crazy. Who would do this? This can't be true. And guess what? It's true. It's true. Because why? Why would someone give that much money? Because they understand where I put my treasure my heart's going to be right there. And if I want my heart in the right place with the kingdom of God, with, with people, with, with, with helping make a difference in our community like no other organization, the church does that. And, and, and warts and all. Okay, now there are some warts in the church, right? We got some lumps. Okay, I get that. I may be one at times. But even with that, even with our lumps, it's still the best thing going because there's a connection further on ahead. So hope you don't get audited. Don't let that scare you. But there's such a satisfaction that these couples share with me. So to such a satisfaction to go, yeah, yeah, see, it's true. It's true. Now what? Now what? Not out of pride, but just saying, yeah, and what are you giving to help make a difference in our world? I mean, there's a, there's a joy and a satisfaction from that. Here's what Moses said in Hebrews, or was talked about, about Moses, described Moses. Here's what it says, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 26. Look what it says. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt. Remember when we talked about the treasures of Egypt a couple weeks ago? Okay, King Tut, how much was in his grave? Anybody remember? 680 million U.S. dollars in today's monetary. So we're not talking about a little thing here when we talk about Moses and talking about the treasures of Egypt. That's what they put away in a tomb. Moses had access to lots of gold and riches. He was on a line to be the right-hand guy to Pharaoh. And you know what Moses said? Uh-uh. It's not worth it. I'd rather have my heart with my people, the Israelites. I'd rather have my heart with God in heaven 
Because he was looking, for, looking ahead to what? A reward. Now, some of us feel uncomfortable about this word. No, God wants us to hear it. Now, say it with me. Reward. Again, say it, say it with some enthusiasm. Reward. Who wants a reward? I, I want a reward. And Jesus says, it's okay. No, 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 I don't want to be rewarded. I want to do this out of a good heart. Well, you're better than me. And you're better than most of us. But Jesus knows us. And he says, it's okay to be, want to be rewarded. Moses wanted to be rewarded. And he was thinking about that reward. And that's why he made the choices. He said, I don't care about the $680 million. I don't want to be encased in a tomb. And I can't take it with me. I want to send it on ahead. So great example of Moses. Luke chapter 12, verse 15, this is what Jesus said. He says it right here. He says, then he said to them, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of what? Greed. Life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Ever seen the bumper sticker? He who has the most toys wins. I got news for you. He who has the most toys here on earth loses. You know why? Because he can't take it with him. He loses it. He leaves it or he loses it. And that's what Jesus is trying to help us out with, to understand that. You know, don't get caught up in this stuff. Watch out. Be careful. Be careful with that. What keeps us from giving? Okay, what are some roadblocks that keep us from giving? Unbelief, insecurity, pride, fear, idolatry. We put things. We don't have idols these days, not a lot of them. But guess what we do have? Cars, houses, careers. We set them up on altars and we worship them. We walk into the house and they're set up and we do the whole thing, you know, and we worship. We take a knee before that, that thing. We put, our, we put those things before our families, before our other priorities. They're idols. They're idols. Selfishness. It's all about me and my stuff. Stay away from my treasure. Stay away from my stuff. Or desire for control and power. Guess what? You have neither of these. You, you don't have power. The only power you have, the only control you have is because it's been given to you. And I got news for you. There's a limit on your control and power. And it could change at any time. So why not just let go? Okay, so these are roadblocks that keep us from giving. And these also are infections. They are infections and they ruin our relationships. They're the killers of families and relationships. But here's the problem. To change the way you and I are trying to think through this series and the way our world is thinking is like swimming upstream. What's it like to swim upstream? Man, it's tough. I don't know if you've ever done that. Gone out here to the, uh, the, the, the river. What's the main river? The Colorado River. Is that, is that right? Colorado River. Uh, and it flows. And man, over there in, in Nevada, you know, um, Laughlin, I think it is. That's what, right? You ever gone out there and got in the current in Laughlin? It's pretty strong, isn't it? Ever tried to swim upstream in Laughlin? What you find is it eventually is going to take you down, right? Unless, unless you get a lifeline, right? You're swimming and you get a lifeline and you get to pull on that rope. And what happens? And you got somebody helping you along. You can fight the current. Our world is telling us, go after this. Hold on to this. 
We hear millions and millions of commercials every, every year of our lives. Do you know that? I mean, you got these cool devices now, you got online radio, but guess what's in the middle of all that? Commercials. And don't think they don't have an effect. They have an effect on our lives. So to change this treasure principle, well, to start living in these treasure principles is like swimming upstream. It's tough. But if you hold on to God, he can give you a life ring and pull you upstream. And that's what we have to understand. So treasure principle number three, and this is where we're going to get very, very encouraging today in our lesson. Heaven, not earth, is my home. Maybe you don't believe in heaven. It's still your home. It's still your home. You know why it's your home? Because God prepared it for you. You may not even believe in heaven. But here's the thing. About 80, 85% of all Americans believe in heaven. Not many people believe in hell. Because we're positive. We're very positive people as Americans. Okay? We don't believe in hell, but we believe in heaven. All right. Let me, let me challenge your thinking. Do you believe in heaven? If you do, why aren't you preparing your home in heaven? Why aren't you focused? And, and the whole title of our lesson today is Eyes on Eternity. Eyes on Eternity. Where are your eyes? Where are your eyes? Are you focused on eternity or are you focused on, on the here and now? Heaven, not earth, is my home. What's heaven like? Okay, some of us have this, this, this idea that heaven is like uh, you're on a cloud and you play a harp. Imagine that. For all of eternity, you're on a cloud playing a harp. That, that, is, not, that is not heaven. That is not heaven. And I'm grateful because it would get boring after about half hour. Imagine eternity. That's not heaven. Here's what heaven looks like. Here's what heaven is. Heaven will be a place of rest and relief from burdens, from sin, and from suffering. Anybody got any burdens here in the house today? Any felt, anybody felt any suffering lately? Sickness, heartache? You know, any, any parents of teenagers feeling some challenges? Any teenagers feeling challenges with my mom and dad? They're crazy, dude. Hey, guess what? In heaven, only one parent. Only one parent. And he's awesome. It's God. He's the father of them all, okay? And, and, and that, that's what's incredible is that, that, that you're not going to have all this craziness, this heartache, this pain, no, none of that in heaven. It's a place where there'll be great learning, activity, artistic expression for all you artists out there, exploration, discovery, camaraderie, and service. Some of us love to serve. You're going to be able to do that. Some of us love to explore. I mean, when you think about our planet, our planet, some of us have this goal. My bucket list is I want to go to the Amazon one day. You're going to be able to do that in heaven. You're going to be able to explore that place forever. I mean, talk about an amazing, an amazing place. And not only that, a place of tremendous love, of, of, of joy, of excitement that never, ever stops. That's what the Bible describes for us that heaven is. So how do I get there? How do I, how do I, how do I get myself in line with that? Okay, here's some of the things that talks about heaven. Some of us, what we will do when we're in heaven. 
Okay? Revelation chapter 20, verse 6. Some of us will reign with Christ. I mean, you get a crown. You get a throne. You're going to be in charge. Some of us. Not all of us. Some of us may be in the back. Okay? I'll probably be one of the guys in the back. Me and Marv will be in the back. Right? Just glad to be there. Okay? Janitors. Just glad to be there. Right? Glad I made it. I don't have to be in charge. But some of us will be. Matthew chapter 25, verse 21 and 23. Faithful servants will be put in charge of many things. We've got some people that are going to be in charge of many things in heaven. Another one, Jesus will grant some followers leadership over cities. Matthew, or Luke chapter 19, verse 12 through 19. Be in charge of whole cities. Faithful followers doing that. This is what Jesus promises. Some of us will command angels. Can you imagine that, to be in charge of angels? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3. Here's what we get rewarded for here on earth, okay? The rewards. Now, some of us feel uncomfortable with rewards. No, you will be rewarded for this. Look at what you do. When you, when you do these things, you'll be rewarded. The Bible tells us so. The Word of God tells us so. The apostles tell us so. Doing good works, Ephesians chapter 6, 8, you will be rewarded Okay, persevering under persecution when somebody's giving you a hard time at school, when they're giving you a hard time for being a follower of Jesus and not cussing, not swearing, not looking at girls, not, not following the guys, not being involved in all that craziness, not going to the party on Friday or Saturday night because you don't want to go there, it's crazy. You will be rewarded for being persecuted for your faith. God writes it down. Luke chapter 6, verse 22 and 23. Showing compassion to the needy. Now this is huge. We've got to be more intentional as a church in this area because you will be rewarded. Who wants a reward again? Raise your hand. Who wants a reward? I want a reward. Give me the reward. Okay? Showing compassion to the needy. Treating our enemies with kindness. Luke chapter 6. You know that person at work, verse 35, that person at work that drives you nuts, right? Always agitating you, always making it rough for you. He's your enemy, right? You feel it. I hate her. You wouldn't say it. You know, I hate her. I hate him. Hey, listen, you show kindness to that person. You know what God does? You're going to get a reward for that. That's how you get rewarded. Uh, Giving generously. We'll be even talking about already this morning. When you're generous, you're a generous person to the needy, to God, you will be rewarded. This is Jesus saying it. Matthew chapter 19, verse 21. Look what else Jesus says here. Matthew chapter 10, verse 42. If anyone even gives a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. So you're telling me that God is keeping track of glasses of cold water for a follower? What's that cost you, a glass of cold water? Nothing. But you know what's behind that glass of cold water? See somebody in need, you got a heart for them, you want to help them out. God says, yeah, I, I noticed that, I see that, and you'll be rewarded. Jesus says that. Here's a, here's a, here's a verse that's very, very encouraging. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. So imagine your name on this huge scroll that God has, and he's got your name on it, and he's saying, you know, Diane did it again. And make a note. Jan, he did it again, writing it down. 
Sometimes we get the, this obsession with he's writing down all the bad stuff. Okay, no, he's writing down the good stuff. Jesus takes care of the bad stuff. God is writing down the good stuff. How much good stuff do you want on your list? Think about it. Do you want a long list or a short list? Man, let's make it long. Let's make it long. And then in Philippians chapter 4, verse, 13, verse 17, Paul said this. He says, not that I desire gifts from you. I don't want anything from you. What I want for you is I desire that more will be credited to your what? In other words, what do you have in heaven? What? I got an account? Yeah, you got an account. It's got your name on it. So why wouldn't you want to make deposits into that account? And this is what we have to think. We believe in some of the Bible. Why won't we believe in all of it? Why won't we believe in the whole promise of God? He's saying to you, I will reward the smallest things that you do for me and for somebody in need. You'll be rewarded. Let that motivate you. Luke chapter 14, verse 12. But when you give a banquet, who do you invite? Invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. When's the last time you held a party for these kinds of people? I remember uh, in, in Sao Paulo, Brazil, we made this banquet for all the homeless people and all the crippled on the streets. I don't know why we haven't done it again, but we put together this banquet and we went around the city with cars and vans and we picked up all these people from the street and they're like, where are you taking me? You know, where are you taking me? <laughs> I said, listen, man, listen, listen, we want to feed you. We want to throw a party for you. Okay, will you come? And we're, we're, we're Christians, we're followers of Jesus. We just want to treat you really well. And we want to feed you. And we had this buffet. I mean, it was awesome. We had this spread of food. Brazilian food, I got to tell you, is incredible food. Some of my favorite in all the world. So we had all of it. We had it all spread out. You know, there was beef, there was chicken, there was seafood. I mean, it was just piled up. And these people, when they walked in on their crutches, you know, with their, their, their sticks and their wheelchairs and everything, and, you know, they didn't smell good, but we hugged them, you know, and we, we said, here, sit down right here. We'll bring you a drink. And there were hundreds of homeless, crippled, poor people in this room. We filled the room to capacity. And we put stuff out there for them. And then you know what else we did? We had a band and we had a live, live entertainment. We put on a show for them. And I, I'll never forget this. There was this guy had one leg. And, the, you know, the Brazilian music, is, it's, it's as good as the food. It's, 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 you can't help. You move. I mean, it's like you try not to move and then you're... Your arm starts to move, and then your leg, and then before you know it, it takes over you, and you're just, and you're dancing, you know, and you just can't help it, the, the, that African beat, and you're just like, man, this is. And so this guy with one leg, one leg, he's crippled. His, his belly's full, he's happy, and he's hearing this music, and then he starts jumping around on his one leg. And he's, he's laughing, he's having a great time. And I remember, I remember looking at him and thinking, God, you must love this, and we need to do this more. But I want to put this on your heart. Jesus is saying, listen, you will be blessed, although they can't pay you back. You'll be repaid 
at the resurrection of the righteous. Who's going to pay you back for all that stuff you've done for the poor and the needy? God's going to pull out his wallet and he's going to go, here you go, here you go, here you go. A hundred times is what Jesus is saying. Let's think about this stuff. Eyes on eternity, not on here and now. Who are you inviting to your next party? Who's it going to be for? And then I just want to encourage you here. Listen, I'm going to show you a video, a very short video of our earth. How many of you guys have watched that, that, that series called Planet Earth in high definition? I mean, wow, wow. We have an incredible planet that you and I get to live on. Isn't it awesome? Let's just watch. Turn on the lights and let's, let's, watch, let's watch this little segment of our incredible planet Earth. Three minutes. What do you think of our planet? What do you think of what God has created? It's amazing. And you know, I, I want to have time in my life to go and see the world. Don't you? I mean, wouldn't you like to go down the, the Amazon and just walk through a rainforest 
and hear all these weird noises of all these creatures and all this stuff. And, and I, I want to go to Australia and go to the, the, the Great Barrier Reef and scuba dive and, and go underwater and see all these fish. You know, maybe see a white shark and just smile at them. You know? I want to go on the Serengeti and, 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 and look at, the, look at the, the plains of Africa and see the, the lion and the giraffe and the gazelles and, and the hippopotamus and, and all these things, all these animals, all these places. I, I, want, to, I want to go to the Pantanal in, in southern Brazil where it's the, the biggest Everglades of, of anywhere and you see pink dolphins. I mean, there's, there's so many incredible things. I want to go to the mountains and, and just look at the, the glory of God and see these mountains and go, wow, that's this earth. You know what God tells us? This earth, this earth is nothing compared to the new earth. Look at this passage, 2 Peter 2, chapter 3, verse 13. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where the righteous will dwell. You mean there's going to be a new earth? Yes. That's what, that's what Peter's telling us. That's what, that's what John tells us in the book of Revelation also. Paul tells us that we're going to get a new body. Don't you want a new body? I'm not going to ask for a show of hands because that will be embarrassing. We get a new body, okay? And all that exploring we want to do, we have all of eternity to do that. Eyes on heaven. See, we don't like to think about it because we're like, well, I don't know. That's, I'm, I'm focused on my problems. I'm focused on my situations. Maybe that's why you're so unhappy. Because you're just, you're obsessing, you're obsessing on all this stuff. You know, you just, oh, my, my gold and my silver, oh, my stuff. Do you not realize this is nothing compared to what God has prepared for us for eternity? Some of your loved ones, some of your loved ones have made it there. And you get to see them again. You get to be with them again. Who do you want to be with Help them get there. Talk to them about what heaven's like. This isn't a fantasy. This isn't, this isn't, you know, Lord of the Rings and some imaginary place. Jesus says, no, I've been preparing this place. I died so you could go to this place. And if our earth is awesome, let me tell you about the new earth. There will not be a documentary big enough, clear enough, Amazing enough to describe what that place is going to be like. So if you don't believe, I just, th- I just want to encourage you, think about what you don't believe in. What if it's true and you miss it because of your stubborn pride? But if you study it out and you research it and you do your homework and you reach up and reach out for God, maybe what can happen is your faith can grow just like many atheists have come to believe in Jesus Christ because they did the work and they opened themselves up. So here's our life. What's that? It's a dot. 
This is your life. You're on the dot. This is a line with an arrow, meaning it doesn't stop. This is your life on earth right now. You're living on a dot. This is our life in heaven. And it includes the arrow, means it doesn't stop. Where do you want to be? You want to be on the dot? Dot's gone. This never stops. Where do you want to be? Then start living on the line. And that's our treasure principle number four, is I should not live for the dot. I should not live for the dot, but for the line. And you're going to have to think about this because you're going, okay, line and dot, line and dot. No, 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 no. Understand this. The line doesn't stop. The dot is a flash so quick. And if you and I could wrap our minds around the thought of living on the line and investing our hearts and investing our treasures on the line, God's saying, listen, I'm going to take really good care of you. But let me, let me, let me describe for you, you know, and, and this is what Jesus is trying to tell us. Where you choose to store your treasure depends largely on where you think your home is. What if you were to work in Australia for six months? You got contracted to work there in six months, and you stay in an extended stay hotel, okay, for six months. And the laws in Australia say you can't take anything with you back to the United States. Okay, you got to leave everything in Australia. Let me ask you a question. During that six-month stay, are you going to buy all this furniture, buy all this stuff, and fill your house or fill your extended stay hotel with all this stuff? Are you going to do that? No. You go, why would I waste the money? I can't take it with me, so I'm just going to get the minimum, what I need for today, right? And if I know I'm going to leave it, I'm going to get the cheapest one, right? I'm not going to get the most expensive one. I'm getting the cheapest one. Anything I can't take with me, I'm I'm not going to invest it. Do I really need it? If I can't take it with me, if it's not going to last more than six months, this is a mindset. Why can't we do that with our lives here? And I'm included. I'm included. We're, 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 we think we're going to be here forever the way we build our lives, the way we build these, 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 these places and our homes and we fill them with stuff. So at the end of our lives, because I've seen this in my neighborhood, at the end of our lives, our neighbors, two of them have died. You know what they do? They pull a truck up and they empty out all their stuff. And you know what they do with a lot of their stuff? It's not a truck. It's a bin. It's a huge bin. All those memories, all that work, all that money, and they fill up the bin with all that stuff. Guess where that bin is going? It's going to the dump. Think about this. And we're going to wrap our lives around this kind of stuff when we, when we have a place in heaven where we're going to go and it's going to be so awesome. It's going to be, it's, it's indescribable what heaven's going to be like. So we're an extended stay here, guys. So let's be careful what we, what we do with our stuff and what we buy, what we need. Do we really need that? When we can send it on ahead to a future place. Let me describe for you life on the dot, okay? Because we get, we get faked out. Life on the dot. Now, these are quotes from people that have had millions, more money than you will ever see in your life. These people have. This is quotes from them. I'm talking 
millionaires on millionaires, some of the wealthiest people in our history. Look at what they said about what it's like to live on the dot. To care for $200 million is enough to kill someone. There is no pleasure in it. W.H. Vanderbilt. I am the most miserable man on earth, said John, or said John Jacob Astor. I have, many, I have made many millions, but they have brought me no happiness. John D. Rockefeller, one of the richest men of all time. Andrew Carnegie said this, millionaires seldom smile. Henry Ford, I was happier when I was doing a mechanic's job. This is life on the dot. Where do you want to live? On the dot or on the line? I want to live on the line. I want to live for the line. I want my life to be about the line, but it's going to mean some changes for me and for you on where we put our stuff, where we put our hearts and how we live. And then we're going to see about the true faith that we have. Now, here's a quote from Jim Elliott. He was a minister. He is no fool. He gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Let me repeat that. He is no fool because people think you're a fool for writing checks to the church. He or she is no fool who gives what he cannot keep. You can't keep it anyway. So why are you hanging on to it like it's, it's, it's yours forever? It's not. He's saying here he is no fool who gives away what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. What Jesus said is he who loses his life for me will gain his life on the other side. Think about that. And I, I got to recommend a movie. I don't do this very much, but I got I to recommend this movie. It came out 2012, February 2012. It's a documentary. It's not faith-based. It's a scientific documentary. Watch this movie. Okay, so Jesus is asking us to do things, right? You will be rewarded for the things you do. Let's take God and Jesus out of it. This movie, this movie tells us it's scientifically proven because they, they got these psychiatrists. You know how they focus a lot on depression and trying to cure depression? What is the cause of depression? What are the things? A group of these psychiatrists, doctors, you know, guys with a lot of letters on, the, on, the, on their last name, they got together and they said, you know what? Let's change the game. Let's stop studying depression. Let's start studying happiness. What makes people happy? And that's what this movie's all about. It's called Happy. It's a document, documentary. And you know what the movie describes? It describes, they've proven this, that there's the same level of happiness with a person that has $50,000. Once your basic needs or needs are met, like you got food, clothing, shelter, basic needs, once those needs are met, your happiness stays the same. If you get $50 million, your happiness level doesn't change. In fact, evidence proves it can go down because of all the problems that come along with $50 million and people coming after you and saying, bro, help me out, man. You got 50 million. I'm not asking for a million. I'm just asking for a hundred grand. <laughs> that family member, hey, help me open my restaurant. Come on. It's a good deal. I mean, how would you like that life? For some lottery winners, it's been awful awful for them. It's ruined them. 
So watch this movie. And the documentary says this. People are happy when they invest in community. They live in community, meaning their relationships are very important. When they show compassion, acts of kindness, meaning they go around and they help other people and they're involved in their community. Guess what Jesus is asking us to do? Our commitment. Guess what he's asking us to do? Live in community, right? Be close to one another. Be in a small group. Live together. You know what the happiest place on earth is? It's not Disney. <laughs> they talk about it in the documentary. You know what the happiest place on earth is? And they study it. Anybody know? Ayumi, tell me where the happiest place on earth is. Japan. Not Tokyo. It's an island. It's an island outside of of Tokyo or in the, on the, one of the little islands. People live a hunt to be 110 years. They're some of the oldest people on the planet. They live there. And guess what they did when they studied these people, their behaviors? They're the happiest. You know why they're happy? It's not because they got all this, this stuff. They're happy because they live in community. And they focus on their relationships. They, they focus on living together, being together, connecting, helping each other. Guess what Jesus is asking us to do? I mean, do we need science to prove that Jesus is saying the truth? He's just telling us what science is already, is already telling us. It's the truth. But why won't we do it? Why would we want to be unhappy? So watch the movie. Enough said. It's incredible. All right, let's wrap it up. I've said enough. I want to describe for you an incredible, incredible event, because now we're going to take the communion. This was Jesus' baptism. And when Jesus was baptized, this is how it was described. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened and he saw, John the Baptist saw the Spirit of God descending on him like a dove and a lightning on him. And a voice from heaven said this, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. This was Jesus' baptism. You know what happened in Jesus' baptism? Heaven opened up. The stairway to heaven opened up. The gateway to heaven opened up. You and I have passage to heaven via Jesus. That's why it was such an incredible, incredible event. And you know what was another incredible event? The event of all events. Jesus' death, burial, and most of all, his resurrection. The day that Jesus rose from the dead, the, to the, temple torn, the temple curtain was torn in two, meaning no longer do you have to go through this religious system. Because Jesus has opened heaven for you. He has provided access to heaven. That day, there was an earthquake. That day, tombs broke open. And there were dead people walking around the city of Jerusalem. Dead, righteous people 
walking around. And could you imagine how scary that would be to live in Jerusalem on that day and you're walking around and we're not talking zombie people. We're talking beautiful people. We're talking amazing people that you knew and you said, there he is. There she is. He's alive. She's alive. And they were taken up into heaven that day. And this isn't a story. There were witnesses, many witnesses, and they made a note of all these things, their testimony, that this really happened. So as we take the communion today, I want you to look at the elements, the bread and the, and the wine, the fruit of the wine, the grape juice. And I want you to realize This is my gateway. This is my gateway to heaven. This is how you and I get there. This was the price that was paid for you and I to be where we are and to have this hope and to get away from this stuff and to get into heaven and have the promise of all promises. And as you take the communion, I want to encourage you today. Ask yourself the question, am I living for the dot or am I living for the line? Jesus so badly, so badly wants us to live for the line. And I want to ask you today, if you're a guest here today, I want to ask you, please consider weighing in, leaning in on what we're talking about. Because it's huge. It's your eternity. But for those of us who are followers... Let's celebrate the communion. Let's visualize Jesus, heaven opening up and God saying, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And in Mark chapter nine, verse seven, it says, when there was the transfiguration, he said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And then he says, listen to him. Listen to him. Why should we listen to Jesus? Because he's going to tell us the way to a happy life here and an eternity that happy is not a big enough word to describe what we're going to feel over there. Let's pray. Our Father and our God in heaven, we, we can't tell you how much we are grateful for what we've heard today. God, thank you so much for your words. God, it's, 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 it's not a presentation. It's your word. It's, it's what Jesus did. It's so much bigger than a church service. God, thank you that we can, we can hear these things and we can understand these things. We want to ask you today to forgive us for wrapping our lives around the dot instead of what Jesus is encouraging us to do is to live for heaven. Uh, God, right now we thank you for this time that we can remember Jesus. We can remember what he went through for us, what he suffered for us, so that we could be set free, so that we could get our sins forgiven, and we can receive the promise of eternity with you. Thank you, God. We love you. Bless our day today. And we pray, God, that you'll help us to put our lives in order. And please help us to think of the needy and the sick and shut-in, the people that are out there that are hurting that need some relief from us, for us. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that we can remember him now in this communion. Bless it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.